cry and cry and try to sleep, but sleep won't come. Hi, welcome to Lessons in Fly. And winner winner chicken dinner from the patrons is more on Mimi. So today's more on Mimi. We'll pick up where we left off in the last episode. And, you know, basically, I was always seeing that I could always find a way. <laughs> I will always find a way, you know, in, in my life. And my car was. You know, part of that, I had, um, during all that time, uh, before that incident with the moms and stuff, I had lived with the guy for about four months. Uh, he was my best friend's brother at the time, and he, I had gotten a puppy, and he had put the puppy out. He didn't like the puppy. And so after I left for work, he put the puppy out. And when I found out he did that, I called my dad and said, can I come home? You know, and, he, and the guy was shocked. You know, you're going to leave me over this? Yes. Yes. You didn't care if that puppy got hurt or not. You I'm sure somebody picked it. You don't know. It was my puppy. When your puppy. You shouldn't have done anything with that puppy without talking to me. You know, and he came a couple of times, knock on the door, wanting to get back together. And I told him, look, I wish you the best. I, I really do. I want you to be happy. But, you know, no. No, I can't live with somebody who, who thinks like that. Who thinks that's okay. You know, and I got to go. So, you know, there were breakups and you know I had made friends and with my sisters um, husbands and ex-husbands and you know you just get all these things and you know then discovered I was pregnant and uh, my husband's like well we got to get married you know and, and he knew he's like you know I think you must be pregnant you know, it's like, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm sure you are. You know, no, I'm not. You know, and he's, well, you know, the rubber broke. I know it broke, but no, I'm not. You know, and sure shit, then it came up. You're pregnant. You know, let's get married. Got to get married. I was like, no. Welcome to the 1980s. I don't have to marry anybody. I can have a baby. And I'm not going to be kept out of a job because I have a baby at wedlock. Come on. <laughs> so that's so 1940s. No. You know. And he's like, no, Rita, I, I love our baby. I want to give him my name, you know. And, you know, I want to be part of the lot. You'll be part of our lives. I'm not going to keep you away from them. I'll put you on the birth certificate. That can carry your name. You know, and he was like, no, we got to get married. We got to get married. <laughs> and I, he was really hurt because I turned him down. And then, you know, he kept after me. And I finally decided one day, you know, well, I love him. And he loves me, and he wants to be part of this baby's life. So why not, you know, 
why not? So we did. We got married. And uh, that was a sad state of affairs, really. The whole marriage itself, the ceremony, all of that was, it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable. You know, um, my mother made me a dress, and she made cake, and uh, my father-in-law went out and bought champagne and cheese balls, and my father had told me he wasn't going to come to the wedding because he didn't want me to marry him, you know, and then three days before the wedding, he called up and said he would be there. I was so happy. My mother was a master seamstress. She could sew anything. All I had to do was take her a picture and she would make a pattern out of newspaper and we'd go pick out the material and she would make it for me. She was just wonderful like that. You know, and um, so she made me this beautiful wedding dress and this, oh, this gorgeous hat. It had pearl, little pearl beading all over it. And this most gorgeous pink and white cake and, you know, three tiers. She was a master cook, too. And um, uh, she was more of a baker than a cook, so she was a master baker. And she would make wedding cakes, you know, for sale. And she was a hoot. You know, she really was a master seamstress. And she had these little tags made up, you know, uh, made by Carol. And she would go down to the titty bars, <laughs> to the back door, and sell these little costumes that she would make for the titty dancers, you know, like for Halloween and Christmas and stuff. And just little panties with, you know, piping around them and stuff like that. And she was just, they just loved her. They just adored her. And so um, I got married in the backyard of my father-in-law's house under a gorgeous ash tree. Uh, our dearest friends were there, and my family was there. His family was there. All his family was there. It was wonderful. Okay, as far as the actual wedding, it was getting to the wedding that was a nightmare. We were living in an apartment, and he had gone out with the boys the night before, you know, the bachelor party. And he was to pick me up and take me to my fa father-in-law's house, you know, and an hour early before everybody would get there. And he shows up with the best man, okay, they'd been together all night, who happened to be our best friend, both of us. And he comes in, I'm like, man, you stink, you know. He goes, whoa, I've been drinking all night, you know. And, that's good. and then he proceeds to tell me how he took all these drugs and did all this drinking and wasn't his best man just the nicest. He got him this whore who screwed him, you screwed him all night long. He screwed this whore all night long. And I was like, what makes you think I want to hear this? You know, I was so angry. I was like, you see, this is why I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married to you. This is bullshit. You think I want to hear this stuff? Why do you think that? I don't give a flying fuck what you did all night long. I sure as fuck don't want to hear it. You know? <laughs> Pardon my French. But, um, yeah, I was about done. 
and um, you know, Bobby came up to me. That was our best friend, best man. Oh, come on, Rita, we got we got to go to my your you know Mike's dad's house. Let's go. You know, we're gonna be late. I was like, what makes you think I'm marrying him? You know, uh, he's chewing his cud. He's been he's been doing cocaine. You know, he's been doing math. I can tell what you've been doing. You know, not stupid. You know, he's chewing his cud. You know, really? Really? You know, y'all couldn't do this last night and then sleep it off and wake up in the morning and be sober for this shit? You know, so we could all party later together? No, you decided to do it now. You know, well, I don't feel like it. I'm just not feeling it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Mike comes in there and he's begging me. I'm like, you know what? We're going to do this because our our parents went through so much getting this ready. I said, be shame on you, Mike Crackle. I said, shame on you. And we went to there, put on the smiles. The wedding itself was wonderful. The We went to... Um, uh, this restaurant where, you know, they, it's called Benihana's and they cook the food in front of you and the, you can sit the whole, you know, table of 20 there and they cook it. So we all went, we, we told them it's Dutch treat, you know, and we went there and all sat down and then my dad announced he was going to take care of it, get whatever you want. And I was just in heaven. I was so happy, you know, and then we went home and had this little party at our rest, you know, at our apartment with our friends, and then they left, and he passed out, and we didn't consummate that marriage for a week. <laughs> but uh, we did get married, <laughs> and the adventure began. You know, so we ended up having three kids. Our first one was this beautiful girl, and when we came home with her, he, my husband put her on his chest, and he said, this is just a little blank page, you know, that we're going to impress all this stuff on. we got to be our best, Rita. got to be our best. I said, we're always our best, Mom. We just do our best. It'll be good. You'll be a great daddy, and I'll be a great mommy, and it'll work all. It all work out, you know. We had adventures with neighbors, and, you know, hurricanes. And we had a very good friend who um, came and hung out with us when a hurricane was coming through. And when the eye of the storm came, he got up and drove home. And I was like, Oh my God! I hope Pat got home all right. I hope Pat got home. And then everybody in our apartment complex, the lights went out except for our one little building. So all our friends at the apartments were bringing us their food and stuff to stick in the fridge and the freezer and stuff. And we ended up having a great big old barbecue by the pool. And, you know, it was, it, you know, we all got along. We all helped each other and we did our best. You know, but lessons were learned and, you know, it was like crash course. Um, and learning about stuff and it's 
you, you do things that you don't even know why you did it. Why did I fool around with that guy? I'm a married man. I'm a happily married man. Why did he fool around with that girl? I, you know, he's a married woman. He's a married man. He's a happily married man. You know, and one of those was my husband continued to cheat on me, you know, after the wedding. And then the day came when, you know, I just flat out caught him. And uh, he had to come home and tell me how he had gonorrhea and I needed to go get a shot. And I went berserker. And I went down to the clinic and I just, I was pretty ugly, you know, to those doctors. I, when the doctor came in, I said, my husband came home and told me he has gonorrhea. You need to give me that, a shot so big that I don't have to come back here and it kills that gonorrhea. You got it? Because I'm not coming back. All right? I'm not coming back. You give me a shot so this is gone. I can't even go to my own doctor. I'm so ashamed. What am I going to tell him? Oh, my husband came home and gave me gonorrhea? No, I have to come to you. You know? And I bless you. I'm glad you're here. But I don't want to ever come back. <laughs> gave me a big old shot. I went home. You know. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're not sorry at all. You're sorry you had to tell me you had gonorrhea. You know. You're not sorry you fucked that bitch. I don't know why, Mike. You do that. You know. I don't get it. You got a wife. You got a family. You know. I don't get it. So... Caught him again, you know, and I told him then, you know, I, I really don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And we'd already invited friends to come over that night. They would be there at 6, and he's telling me at 6 in the morning, you know, he he's getting home, and I'm like, you've been fucking some bitch, haven't you? No, I had to drop guys off. Yeah, really? Because they called. And, you know, he knew he was caught then. And I drove to Galveston with the kids. And I stayed with my mama all day. And then at three, I came home so that we were home in time for our guest at six. And we put on the happy face. And we all did really, you know, well. And they were already there when I got there. They just apparently arrived a half hour before I, I got there. And later, Mike's friend told him, you know, you have the classiest wife. Despite what was going on, she was nothing but gracious and lovely and kind. And you would never know the kind of turmoil that was going on underneath. You know, she made us feel comfortable, and, you know, it was it was really great, Mike. We really enjoyed it. We were good friends with those people for a long time. And, um, you know, I, when Mike asked me about it, I was like, well, why should I make them suffer? Because you've been a dick to me. I'm not going to be dicks to everybody because you've been a dick to me. I'll keep that to you and me. So another good friend of ours had come over and, you know, gave um, 
he wanted to give the tickets to Mike, but Mike wasn't home. He was out drinking. And he gave me these tickets to the circus. And it was getting closer and closer. There were free tickets for that night and the next night. And I wasn't going to blow it off. So I packed the kids in the car and we went to the circus. <laughs> we had a good time. We got home. I'd love to know. We were going to the circus. You know, he, he was there. We put the kids to bed and he went off. And he's crying. You left me out. You know, now you left yourself out. What do you mean by that? You weren't here. What am I supposed to do? Am, am I supposed to make the kids miss out on a free circus trip because daddy doesn't know when to come home? Okay? Daddy thinks he's got something better to do. You know? You left yourself out. You didn't want to be here. You wanted to be somewhere else. So I'm not listening to that shit. Here's free tickets for tomorrow night. You want to do it? Take them to the circus tomorrow night. We can't all go. I don't want to go with you. You can take them. You can take the kids. I already took them. You go take them. So he did, you know. And we got over that. <laughs> and then came the last time that he cheated on me. And he came home. I just had our second child. And he came home. And said how he had the blue balls because we couldn't have sex. And I was like, oh well, the girl's just offering it. The girl across the sidewalk from us, apartment across the way. So, okay, well, go get rid of your blue balls. Yeah. Oh, thanks, honey. I didn't think I was being sarcastic. He didn't take it that way. And he went and fucked her. And I cried. I cried the whole time he was gone. You know, and then he came home and tried to tell me about it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Mike, you go fuck around and you come home and try to tell me about it every fucking time and I don't give a flying fuck. Okay? And the one time you don't come home and tell me all about it is the one time I find out I had gonorrhea. So you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. I don't care about that bitch. She means nothing. Okay? It's you. It's you. Why don't you love yourself enough to respect me and yourself and not do that? She's just a pawn in this game. You know? I don't I don't get that. You know, that was that was really we had some dark times going on then. So about three years later he, he comes home. And they had just started talking about AIDS and HIV a lot then. And he goes, I'm never going to fool around on you again. I'm never going to bring death into our family because, you know, you, you could have HIV or AIDS. And he laughed. And I cried. And I, I cried. I said, why couldn't he just say, because he loves me. You know? And I was just crying my heart out. And then, you know, that little voice, you know, just that little voice going, forgive, forgive, forgive. It's like, I know he really meant to say he'll never do that because he loves me and he loves our family. And not because it would bring death. No, he, what he really meant was it was his way of saying it. It was his way of saying, 
that he because he loved me and I cried you know that was a forgiveness and a revision and all that cheating and third partying and all that other stuff ended ended and never reared its ugly head again despite him being flirted with and tempted with and right in front of me <laughs> several more times it just never happened again and I knew it would never happen again and it you know it was just that chapter of our lives was over so I hope this helps you know um, this was all happening unconsciously I did not realize you know what was going on but I was living it and you know then comes the time when when you're led to these laws and you wake up and you start looking back and you realize you you have been doing this all your life that was a revision that was a forgiveness that wasn't you know I was keeping that alive that he cheated on me and those things you know and when you find these laws and you really start forgiving it, it really is the most powerful juju in the world it really is so I hope this helps blessings to you and thank you thank you for being here